0: Welcome to the Core Principles podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you'll enjoy this lively discussion of relevant topics, which we attempt to examine through the lens of unchanging objective truth. Here's the host of the Core Principles podcast, Clay Howerton. Thank you, Suzanne. Today on Core Principles, I'm going to talk about climate change or global warming or whatever they're calling it this year. The motivation for this topic at this time is the push from our current government in Washington, D.C., as well as in leftist-run countries elsewhere, to demand that citizens give power and money to central government to fix the climate crisis. First, then, I should observe, there is no climate crisis. But Clay, you say, it's hot and getting hotter. Yes, of course it's hot in the Northern Hemisphere now because it's summer here. And yes, this summer is in several areas hotter than many recent summers. Of course, it's not the hottest, but that's a small detail. The reason there is no climate crisis as weather patterns oscillate from hot to cold and sometimes from hotter to colder is that such patterns are cyclical and natural. Our ecosystem is dynamic. It is always changing naturally and necessarily. God designed it that way, and if it weren't exactly, precisely, specifically as he designed it, then we would perish. You know, or should recognize, that climate alarmists don't merely claim that the weather within our climate changes, but they claim that the reason such changes occur is that humans cause it, that's a big lie and must be rejected. Our contribution to the changes in weather and in climate are as minuscule as our relative size in the solar system, within this galaxy, within the universe. We can't change the weather, and we certainly can't change the climate. We can, and should, be good stewards of the resources God has given us. But we must not imagine that we can be the perfectors of his creation. That is beyond hubris. It is literally satanic insofar as it was a claim made by Satan in his war against God. Anyone curious about that observation that humans don't and can't cause climate change can do a little observation of their own. Check out the changes in climates and temperatures on planets where we humans don't reside. Now, I suppose you may credibly claim that you lack the resources to make such observations, but we don't have to make them personally and directly if we can find a trustworthy resource. If you consider the National Aeronautics and Space Administration a trustworthy resource, then here are some NASA observations published at nasa.gov from their Ames Research Center in an article they titled, A Gloomy Mars Warms Up. Just a few excerpts. Quote, For the past 30 years, NASA scientists have been using high-tech satellite equipment to study Mars. It appears a slight change in the planet's surface luster has caused its temperature to rise. To determine the extent of surface changes on Mars, scientists took images from the Viking, which was launched in 1975, and the Mars Global Surveyor, 1996, satellite missions and mapped them into a climate model developed at NASA Ames Research Center. They discovered that a wind-whipped, dusty surface has a measurable effect on the amount of sunlight that is reflected by the planet. The results of this research show that an increase in darkened surface areas may account for a rise in the surface air temperature of the planet. The increase in surface air temperature is similar to climate variations seen on Earth, unquote. So I suppose that the Martians should give money to Al Gore and Joe Biden to fix that problem. That is what those con men are trying to sell you. Except that they're not joking. They actually demand you give them and other Democrats money and power. Now, having mentioned Al Man Bear Pig, Gore. I should point out that his inconvenient truths are false, but not just gore, because if it were only him, we could simply laugh at how ridiculous and worthless he is. Unfortunately, there are many people who believe climate alarmism and are also demanding action on climate. Listen carefully. Anyone who demands action on climate yet who continues to exhale carbon dioxide, which they blame for whatever climate alarmism they're pitching, should be ignored as a hypocrite and a liar. They should never be allowed to have any influence nor any say in anything, ever. To prove they are all spouting nonsense, I'll just review some headlines that summarize some of the things they have been claiming for decades. You need to know they are wrong, whether they are lying or whether they're simply ignorant. Don't buy what they are pushing, and don't give them any influence or power. Let's start with an article published in the Salt Lake Tribune on 17 November 1967, which was written by a Los Angeles Times writer named George Getz. It was titled, Dire Famine Forecast by 75. And that's 1975, kids. Quote, It is already too late for the world to avoid a long period of famine, a Stanford University biologist said Thursday. Paul Ehrlich said the time of famines is upon us and will be at its worst and most disastrous by 1975. He said the population of the United States is already too big and that birth control may have to be accomplished by making it involuntary and by putting sterilizing agents into staple foods and drinking water, side note, or messenger RNA vaccines for a 2020s example, resuming the quote, and that the Roman Catholic Church should be pressured into going along with these measures of population control, unquote. Now, of course, people were to blame for the changing climate that would cause those famines, and people were also to blame for creating more people. So Ehrlich's solution was to terminate lots of people, or at least prevent them from ever being conceived. We didn't do what he suggested in the United States then, but in the meantime, China did. China was already communist, or leftist, And as leftists get more control in the United States, you can be sure they would follow China's lead on lots of wicked things. Leftism is tyranny. And tyranny is evil. Don't fall for it. Obviously, of course, the prediction of dire famine was false. Next, from the New York Times, on Sunday the 10th of August 1969. Quote, The trouble with almost all environmental problems is that by the time we have enough evidence to convince people you're dead. We must realize that unless we are extremely lucky, everybody will disappear in a cloud of blue steam by 1989. Wow. That was the prediction published in the New York times. So I'll ask those listeners who were alive in 1989. Did you disappear in a cloud of blue steam caused by climate change? If not, then you might do well to discount the claims made by climate alarmists. Next, we go to the Boston Globe on Thursday, the 16th of April, 1970. We're going to start seeing a trend in the climate alarmism, and it's tipped off by this headline. Quote, scientists predict new ice age by 21st century. Air pollution may obliterate the sun and cause a new ice age in the first third of the next century. That's now, by the way, listeners. Continuing the quote, if the current rate of increase in electric power generation continues, then the demands for cooling water "...will boil dry the entire flow of all rivers and streams of the continental United States." Wow. So, we've not only all frozen to death by now, but every river and every stream in the 48 contiguous United States are all bone dry because we use too much electricity... And oh, by the way, 21st century listeners, buy electric cars, because that's going to save the planet, because reasons. Also in 1970, published in the Redlands, California paper, ironically called Daily Facts, our old buddy Al Gore, oops, I mean, uh, Paul Ehrlich, who was Al Gore before Al Gore was Al Gore, returns with these declarations of settled science, quote, the oceans will be dead in less than a decade. America will be subject to water rationing by 1974 and food rationing by 1980. Unquote. Well, there you go. If the oceans actually died, not later than 1980, then perhaps you should give some credence to the climate alarmists. But if the oceans still have any living creatures in them, then you should recognize climate alarmists are full of nonsense. The Washington Post advised us on the 9th of July, 1971, that a new ice age was coming in 50 to 60 years. They quoted a Columbia University and NASA scientist who advised that fine dust we put into the atmosphere could block out the sun, and thus the next ice age would begin by about 2021. Now, as noted... At the beginning of this episode, it is a particularly hot summer in the Northern Hemisphere, so I think we can agree that this scientific projection from the Washington Post was bunk. I have a copy of a letter on letterhead of the esteemed Ivy League school, Brown University, dated December 3, 1972, and it's addressed to the President, the White House, Washington, D.C. It advises the President of a recent conference— back in 1972, with 42 top American and European investigators. And it says, quote, The main conclusion of the meeting was that a global deterioration of climate by order of magnitude larger than any hitherto experienced by civilized mankind is a very real possibility and indeed may happen very soon. Unquote. Their conclusion was we'd be in the next ice age soon, and it will be worse than the previous ice ages. By the way, the fact that there were previous ice ages, and that then things melted and warmed up, is actual scientific proof that climatological patterns in our dynamic ecosystem are cyclical. Speaking of our scientist friends from across the pond, let's not leave them out. This headline was in the United Kingdom publication known as The Guardian on Tuesday, the 29th of January, 1974. Space satellites show new ice age coming fast. By the way, in that article of doom in The Guardian, they cite research published by the University of East Anglia. If you have heard of the University of East Anglia, it may be because of the scandal they had a little over a dozen years ago, in which we learned that folks there fabricated data just to support a pre-planned narrative. In other words, climate science is riddled with scams and should be viewed skeptically. Here's how Reason Magazine reported on the scandal on the 1st of December, 2009. Headline, The Scientific Tragedy of Climategate. Subhead, Can Climate Change Science Recover from the Damage Done by Leaked Emails? In the article, quote, ClimateGate, what a hot mess. Researchers at the Climatic Research Unit at the University of East Anglia and their colleagues around the globe may have fiddled with historical climate data and the peer review process to ensure that publicized temperature trends fit the narrative of man-made global warming. Then they emailed each other about it, unquote. And by the way, it's not that they may have. They absolutely did. Yes, dear listeners, even scientists can produce fake news. There is a prescribed narrative, and unscrupulous charlatans lie constantly to convince you to give money and power to wannabe puppet masters. We must all be very discerning and not just believe whatever anybody says. On the 24th of June, 1974, Time magazine published an article titled Another Ice Age, which read in part, quote, telltale signs are everywhere from the unexpected persistence and thickness of pack ice in the waters around Iceland to the southward migration of a warmth loving creature like the armadillo, unquote. Now, flash forward to 1978. For several years, these dire predictions of global cooling and the next ice age have sought to terrify the population. And the New York Times assured everyone on the 5th of January, 1978, there was no end in sight. Headline International team of specialists finds no end in sight to 30 year cooling trend. In northern hemisphere. Well, that punchline of doom by the New York Times was enough apparently to change the trend from global cooling to global warming. For those paying attention to actual observations throughout recorded history, you'll already know that climate patterns in our dynamic ecosystem are cyclical and they have trends of rising and falling temperatures over time for decades. In addition, to the obvious seasonal trends. But those natural, necessary phenomena don't help would-be tyrants convince you to give them power over you, nor to give them your money. So they have to keep spouting their idiotic nonsense that boils down to a declaration that whatever the trend is now, that shall be the trend forever, or at least until it kills us all. Giving credibility to such charlatans is foolish, and giving money and power to them is outrageously damaging. Since the trend did naturally shift again from cooling to warming, the climate alarmists shifted gears and pretended they had never said anything other than we were all going to perish because of global warming rather than global cooling in the next ice age. We in Oceania have always been at war with East Asia and never with Eurasia. Monday, December 12, 1988, in the Lansing State Journal. Quote, prepare for long, hot summers. If you like last summer's record temperatures, you're going to love the 1990s. If we don't cut down on carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, temperatures in a few decades will be six to seven degrees higher than they are today. Washington, D.C., for instance, would go from its current 35 days a year over 90 degrees to 85 days a year. The level of the ocean will rise from one to six feet. Unquote. Fact check. The number of those referenced hot days in D.C. peaked in 1911 and on average have declined ever since. That is, of course, a trend and does not represent every individual year. Not to be left out, our friends down under got into the new global warming hysteria by declaring in the Canberra Times on Monday, the 26th of September, 1988, that the Indian Ocean, nation of Maldives, along with 1,195 other islands, would be completely underwater by about 2015. Quote, But the end of the Maldives and its 200,000 people could come sooner if drinking water supplies dry up by 1992 as predicted, unquote. Fact check, Maldives drinking water supplies did not dry up by 1992 or ever thus far. Fact check, Maldives still exists. However, the former president of Maldives, Mohamed Nasheed, made this prediction in 2012, quote, If carbon emissions continue at the rate they are climbing today, my country will be underwater in seven years, unquote. Fact check, as of 2019 and as of 2022, Maldives is not underwater and is not under any such threat of being underwater. People weren't giving enough power, authority, and money to central governments as a result of the climate alarmists' bleeding, so the con men got more aggressive. By 2008, We got stuff like this from the Associated Press. Headline, we're toast. Quote, in five to ten years, the Arctic will be free of sea ice in the summer. Unquote. On December 14, 2008, Al Gore predicted the entire polar ice cap would be gone within five years. Fact check, Al Gore was full of garbage. But Al Gore isn't the only prominent person to make an absolute fool of himself for his entire worthless life. In July of 2009, Prince Charles said there were only 96 months to save the world by cutting capitalism and consumerism. Observers can easily see that Prince Charles was as idiotic as Al Gore, but Charles also let the cat out of the bag about what many climate alarmists are actually all about. Communism. Or socialism. When the Paris Climate Accords were negotiated, they exempted the world's worst polluter, China, and they focused on the world's best environmental steward, the United States. Why? Because China is already communist, but the United States still stubbornly clings to liberty. Climate alarmists really are just enemies of liberty. They can't do any claimed good for the environment and they don't care. But Prince Charles' ridiculous claim that we had only 96 months to save the world did not prompt enough ridicule and disdain. Instead, the Prime Minister of Britain tried to outdo the Prince. The UK Independent reported on Tuesday, the 20th of October 2009, that Prime Minister Gordon Brown said, we have fewer than 50 days to save our planet from catastrophe. Almost five years later, in May of 2014, the French foreign minister, Laurent Fabius, declared we had only 500 days to avoid climate chaos. And that precious nitwit, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, communist from New York, established her own doomsday clock as reported in the USA Today shortly after she took office. According to her, the world will end on the 21st of January in the year 2031, because of climate change, of course. The website timeanddate.com, by the way, has a handy Alexandria Ocasio Cortez doomsday countdown if you ever want to see the number of days, hours, minutes, and seconds until, according to her, Earth ends. Meanwhile, what do all the climate alarmists demand? Well, generally, it's to give money and power or authority to the central planning geniuses in the federal bureaucracy. Those folks who cannot run any aspect of the administrative state effectively or efficiently are going to literally save the planet if only you'll give them lots more money and power. If you are inclined to give them anything but a kick out of office, you're being a danger to yourself and others. Please refrain from doing that or else please refrain from voting. But I know listeners to this program do not buy their garbage. How do we defend liberty against these communists? The solution is truth. Objective reality exists and must be championed. Please try to counter their lies with truth. Core Principles podcast is produced in Paducah, Kentucky by Real Productions. Music is by Late July.